Crafty Radio on September 27th, 2014. Episode 304. Oh, oh, won't you take me home and welcome. Take me down to Craft Beer Radio where the beers have... Uh, there's really... There is actually a slight thread between at least two of these beers because two of them have sort of legends behind them oh but okay that's a legendary not legend i don't know if they're legendary necessarily but there are legends behind them you know the the probably the most plausible theme here is uh that they're beer yes they are these are four five sorry five ales no no four ales and one lager oh see yeah so let's start with the lager a good idea we are drinking uh samuel adams provided us with their version of this year's oktoberfest in a can hot with tetanang tetananger and hillertau middle throw hops malt varieties that are used are their two row pale malt blend munich 10 samuel adams oktoberfest malt and caramel 60 they use a bottom fermenting lager street lager strain of yeast this is a 5.3% alcohol by volume, 16 IBUs, 187 calories per can. Comes in bottles as well. It's uh, one of the beers that they are canning. The color is, uh, you know, varnished wood. Sort of dark. Yeah, kind of like a cherry, right? Like a cherry wood, mm-hmm. like a stained cherry, yeah. Very clear. Looks beautiful. I poured mine a little too robustly. I got a nice thick head that's kind of cutting off aroma. I'm not getting the beery aromas. I'm just getting the foamy. There's a lot of a lot of uh, breadiness in there. It's it, it may be a slightly doughy, but it's also sort of toasty as well. Doughy head. Mm. I can't smell it yet. <laughs> Some toffee. Mm-hmm. Go not okay. quite all the way to caramel, toffee-ish more. Yeah, there's definitely some rich, crusty, bready aroma. And yeah, I can I can definitely go with some toffee in there. Um, smells really good now that I can smell it. Hmm. May or may not know, but you know, this was... One of the last styles I was able to come around to appreciating, you know, all the styles of beer, you know, as we worked through the show, you know, our palates expanded and uh, lagers took a long time. And Oktoberfest in particular, were like one of the last styles that I learned to really appreciate. And uh, I've had a couple Oktoberfests this this year and uh, some good, some bad. But I mean, some of the good ones have been the good ones. Really a good Oktoberfest is really good because it's a combination of a very drinkable beer and one that has a pretty distinct kind of quality of flavor to mm-hmm. it. So it's it has a lot going for it. Right. All right. So I just took a sip of this one, and it's nice and malty. First impression I got was almost like a, I hate to say buttered bread because of the diacetyl connotation or something like that, but it was kind of like a buttered wheat bread or something like that, like a whole grain bread. That's kind of the first impression I got from the first sip. The first impression I got was actually more nutty. Uh, I think more towards kind of a, a roasted almond or kind of hazelnut. Okay. 
but there's a a nice undercurrent of sweetness there. It's with a little like a little bit of a spiciness to it. It's actually reminding me of you know I, I didn't smell caramel, but it definitely has a kind of caramel finish. Yeah, it has a. It's on the sweeter side. It's not a highly bitter beer. Mm-hmm. And there's some good bitterness there to balance it, but it does end on a sweeter note. Yeah, and um, finish is pretty clean in the flavor, but while it's in your mouth, you get this great bready toffee caramel. Mm-hmm. You don't get so much toffee in the flavor. The nutty, nutty parts that Greg mentioned, I agree. I don't have anything specific that I'm really pulling out, but there's something generally slightly nutty about it. Um, it's wacky. <laughs> yeah, and it has um, has a lot of d- deep. I'm almost. It's almost veering towards maple. It's it's more oh, of the yeah. There's I could yeah. I mean, don't get the false impression that it tastes like there's maple in the beer or anything like that. But there's something kind of mapley about the sweetness for sure. And they change their Oktoberfest every year, uh, or at least you know, beer being an agricultural product, they don't necessarily go for the same type every year, or they don't necessarily get the same type every year. It's not. Like Budweiser, oh, but Boston Beer Company. Yeah, but I'm, but I've had different Oktoberfests from them over different years. Okay. Some are maltier than others. This is on the more malty side, and I kind of I like the more malty Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm appreciative of this. I like a Martin that really delivers to you on that uh, big malty undertone. Yeah, this is a quite a nice drinker. It's going down easily and mm-hmm. quickly. Very enjoyable. I could see. Uh, Stocking up the fridge with a couple six packs of this. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, price would be right, absolutely as well. Nice thing about being big is it doesn't mm-hmm. cost as much as those other ones. Well, yeah, I mean, but it, it's also not just a, it's not a high priced high price point beer, yeah. right? Not an imperial stout. It's not a, and uh, yeah, I could definitely great fall drinker. Yeah, and you could get a picture of this at like a party and just go nuts with it. <laughs> could go nuts with it. <laughs> I went nuts with a picture of. Well, there's nuts. There's nut flavor in here, so you're gonna go nutty. Gotcha. Yeah, it's one of those beers where we, you're not gonna sit on it for an hour finding new adjectives, mm-hmm. right? I think we did a pretty good job describing it, and uh, it's about gone. So it's it's a what you see is what you get beer. But what mm-hmm. you know, what you see and what you get are are pretty good. Yep. So that was our well. That is not our actually not the lowest alcohol beer of the night because one of the legends beers, beers based on a legend, is the Coronado Mermaids Mermaids Red. So the reason why this is based on a legend is. Uh, as I went to the Coronado site, they have in their about section, Mermaid Legend. Hell, okay. So according to local folk- folklore, you know, Coronado is in uh, Colorado, or California, sorry. 
Yes. Coronacaca. Yeah. Uh, there's not very many islands in, right. uh, <clears throat> in no. oceans <laughs> no. in Colorado. It's kind of a big square. So, so, according to local folklore, mermaids once inhabited the waters surrounding Coronado Island. Those enticing sirens sang beautiful songs to attract seafaring explorers away from the dangerous, jagged rocks of Point Loma and into the safe harbor of San Diego Bay. Uh, and the first line of the thing after that is, legends are questionable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they're skeptical. Uh, but, you know, but they base their thing on, on the... <laughs> we don't believe in legends, but we'll use it for our marketing. Yeah, yeah. But so this is a beer that's... Ba- I mean, their other beers don't base themselves on the mermaid that is their sort of logo. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, they, they definitely... Name a lot of the beers around the region, you know, where they come from, Coronado Island and whatnot. So they're they're one of the ones that take a lot of their naming and marketing from their locality. And if there's a mermaid mermaid legend, then yeah, absolutely. So this beer pours a little bit darker than the other one. It's just an amber ale on the label. Uh, it's a, a, you know, it's a tea color. It's a little lighter than a soda, a cola. Very clear. Mm-hmm with a smaller head um this beer's been in the fridge since we got it we did get this one you know with the first shipment of of, of coronado beer so it's been a little bit of yeah, time this but... is this is pride from the brewery yep this is uh the malt profile two row cara c45 c77 chocolate cara hell oh that is cara hell cara hellas cara hellas yeah they just say cara hell oh. it's cara hell and carafa three Hot Profile, Northern Brewers, and Cascade. Nice classics there. Mm-hmm. California Ale Yeast, 50 IBUs, 5.7% alcohol volume. Hellas, you know, is a, is yeah. a blonde, right? So mm-hmm. it's probably a pale German malt is what I give it from, from my Cara Hill. There's a lot in the aroma. You're getting a tug and pull between the hops of it and then the malty amber part of it. And every time you smell it, you get a little bit different variation of the t- the tug and pull on that. You know, the first sniff started out a little bit hoppy, and then you got this big kind of caramelling note in the nose. And then I smelled it again, and it was the opposite. You know, I got started with the caramel, and the hops were kind of a little more subdued in the aroma. I'm having trouble getting past the hoppiness, actually, okay. in the aroma for me. It, it, just, it just smells uh, pretty bright and floral. Pretty west coasty, you know. The, uh, a hoppy amber is exactly what I would expect out of Coronado. Now I'm smelling something I don't expect to be smelling, and I actually had the smell of twice before I thought I'd say it. But I'm smelling kind of like lemon peel, like or, or you know something like that, or lemon zest. I guess you know. I'm smelling. I, I, I guess I'm smelling a little bit of grapefruit. So, nice along those lines. Still in the resiny. Mm-hmm. Area, and on the flavor, the the hops are pretty assertive. Get some good hop flavor. Get a fair amount of bitterness, and it has a big malt backbone to to back it up. I mean, it is a hop forward beer, but it it the malt's there. It's it's you know supporting the hoppiness and the maltiness because it's an amber. It's kind of it's it's not toffee. It's not really caramel. See, mm-hmm. 
What is it? I don't know about this one. The hops are leading me in a... I'm going to have to think on this one. Because there's something... There's something off about it to me. It's not huh. like the, it's not like that. There's, you know, a, a bad uh, infection or anything. Right, right. No, I mean, for me, the beer is clean. It's just you know something that's not, you know, coming coming across Greg's palate the right way. I'm trying to figure out how I want to describe the maltiness on here. Uh, it's a flavor I, you taste in ambers, but I'm just not happy with the adjectives that I can come up with to describe it. It's. Like a more fruit juicy caramel, maybe. Maybe that's a way to put it, right? Take a caramel and mix in uh, maybe some orange juice or something like that. So you sweeten There's it up. There's definitely like, orange juice, and that's where I'm coming up with this flavor that I'm starting to recognize. And I don't like that I can recognize this particular flavor because it's not something that I think is intended <laughs> Uh, and it's not something that speaks well. Okay. What are you dancing around? I'm still not sure what you're talking about. I get a flavor that's very similar to if you brush your teeth and then drink orange juice. Okay. The more I drink it, like that sip, the oranges turn into like a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty potent blood orange type flavor. So as I drink it, I'm getting more and more mm-hmm. orange taking over first it was like this little subtle thing and then it was moderate now it's heavy i'm not getting the the toothpaste orange pea or orange juice combination so much but well you know what that is i mean you've had that before haven't you yeah 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 so it's it it's pretty bad it's not on that level with the beer but that there are notes in it is bringing back palate memory Mm -hmm. that is hurting this beer overall Hmm. I don't know I mean I'm trying to it's been a long long time since I've had toothpaste and orange juice so I'm not (laughs) not, I I have a vague feeling of what it's like it's not something that you do often yeah I have a vague feeling of what that tastes like but not a super clear one and, I don't know, I'm not really making able to make the association, but, yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. The hops are pretty much center stage every sip now. You get a little bit of malt in the back background. And really, my impression of what I'm tasting in the malt has changed a lot. It is more toffee-like now, where... Before I was getting that caramel orangey uh, thing. The malt is kind of screaming at me uh, a combination, like like a um, an English muffin with, with uh, marmalade on it. Okay, and, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's where the malt, I think, is coming at. And then the, the weird thing in there is it, it's, it's leaving as my tongue is getting used to the beer. Mm-hmm. I'm not really tasting that thing that i did at first okay but there's a disconnect between that kind of english muffin the slightly sourdoughish mm-hmm. backbone and the really resiny like you said sort of blood orange maybe a little bit of grapefruit that's going on and there's something in the middle there that's just that's, it's grating against each other okay. it's not working together for mm-hmm. me anyway right 
Well, no point in beating that dead horse. Let's move on to another beer. I finished it. So, I mean... Sure. Let's rinse, since that was a pretty hoppy beer. Let's make sure our glasses have a good rinse before we move on. Well, while we rinse... Perhaps, you know, you might be wondering, what is the best way I can support these silly guys on their show? Well, you know, the the best way would be to, like, send us, like, $200,000 a year. That would be... You're yeah. right, you're right. That is the best That's way. That's really the best way. Uh, well, if you want to, we'll, you know, we'll send you our uh, our address and everything. Yeah, yeah. But, but a much easier way to support us? is to do something that most of you normally do anyway, and that's shopping on Amazon. But when you start your shopping session, you know this, right? Say it along with me. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon is where you start. That appends in our little referral link. Everything you buy gets attributed to us driving the sales, and they give us about 6% of what you spend. It doesn't cost you a penny more. Uh, We don't know... We know what was bought. We don't know what you bought we don't know who bought what mm-hmm. so we have a little fun in the post show with amazon anonymous and we got a good one for this this uh we sure do thank you for the person who bought this kindle book because uh it's a good one all right that's it now what's next what's next i think raftman's a lighter beer so let's go there our second legend so, Raftman, I know it's a legend because on the website they say about the legend. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, most of Unibrew beers are about yeah. legends. Yeah. So, Unibrew introduced Raftman to the Quebec market in March 1995. This coral hued beer, coral hued, interesting. Uh, blah, blah, blah. With this product, Unibrew commemorates the legendary courage of the lumberjacks and log drivers of yesteryear. During their long months away from home, these hardworking men would get together and settle their differences over beer and whiskey, which are both made with malted barley. Unibrew had a great idea when it decided to bring the two together. <laughs> that says there's probably some whiskey in here, or whiskey. Um, this is probably a, a wee heavy of some sort, right? Uh, I'm not sure exactly what they mean. They call the style a peat-smoked whiskey malt ale that says we heavy to me. The uh, I actually bought the wrong beer. Like I, when I bought this, I thought it was their kind of uh, Berliner Weiss type beer, oh. which is called. Again, I was confused, so I bought Raffin. I'm not saying I'm gonna regret this, but when I bought it, I thought I was buying. Everyone's screaming at the radios right now. What is it called? I'll think about it after we... Is it one of their normal ones, or is it a... Uh... It's not their normal, normal ones, but it's probably in the, like, the second tier of common ones. <laughs> like, it's not right. Maudit and Trois and those kind. Don de Du, not that one. It does not Blanche de Chambly. No. Blanche de Chambly. It uh... has a name like Raffman or something like that. Anyway. The beer pours not super it's not clear. FMA, is it? No. Slightly cloudy, but you can still see your fingerprints through the glass. Pours with a light, fluffy head. Terrible? No. 
Here, why don't you look and I see? I will. I will look it up while you smell Zibia. It sure doesn't smell like a wee heavy, at least on the well, initial aroma. But you're the one calling it a wee heavy, right? So, well, the the how they described it said, said to me wee heavy. Whether it is a wee heavy or not is on their uh, on their thing. They just call it a ale brewed from whiskey malt. And a brewed with spice, so it's an herb spice beer. I like how Underbrew's website, Underbeer's has... Lagers, has, yeah. It has classic specialties, our ales, our lagers. Under our lagers, there is nothing. nothing. <laughs> is that a joke? I don't know what the beer I was thinking of is. I don't know either. All right, I'm starting to to get a little bit of the peat smell. A little bit of that musky, slightly, just slightly muddy and, and, you know, complex smoky combination. On top of it, there is, I'm going to say nutmeg, but... I'm not sure. There's definitely some spice going on in there. I don't know. I'm going to have to do some soul searching to figure out what beer I was thinking of because the internet doesn't know <laughs> when I search for like things like Unibrew Berliner Weiss. I mean, it wasn't a true Berliner Weiss, but it was a tart beer like that. You know, it had like a lactic uh, mash or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Someone's yelling at the radio right now. I, well, wish, they, I wish we could hear them. Uh, Ephemer Cranberry. No. It wasn't one it of those. Says, just somebody says it reminds them of their. <clears throat> Not right. No idea. Yeah, so this one has a. Uh... I'm sorry. I, I, I when I was looking, I didn't really hear how you have already described the beer. I said that there was a slight sort of peat stuff there, uh, but on top of that, I smelled what I thought was nutmeg. No, that's a good call. Um... The peat is very subdued compared to other peat smoked malt beers we've had. The aroma is just this kind of uh, nuance of, of peat. It, it's not really acrid and super smoky or anything, where if you've had other peat smoked malt beers, you might expect more. Um, but yeah, there's something spicy. And actually on the label, it says with spices, with spice, ale brewed with spice, and it really does smell like nutmeg. So... Trying to see if they don't they don't have anything about what else is put in here. So I have no idea what the spices are. Has a very high carbonation level. It's 5.5, by the way. 750 milliliter Cajun cork bottle. So very high carbonation level, like a lot of Belgian style beers that Union Brew makes. The I'm gonna have to take another sip here. The malt, it's a lighter malt profile. It almost is reminiscent of a wheat beer or something like that. Where you get uh, kind of, it, it definitely finishes dry. But before that, the malt really doesn't get too caramelly. It's kind of, gra- or not grassy, but kind of weedy. Um, hmm. Nutmeg really doesn't, it's not a huge component of the flavor, right? It's not overpowering. You know, like 
a couple of years ago, you remember Boston Beer would put like nutmeg in like all their holiday beers and yeah. stuff. And oh man, I was so sick of 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 that nutmeg character. And they were just doing it again. Like, this whip beer has nutmeg. That whip beer has nutmeg. Everything. Uh, this doesn't have that kind of overdone flavor. Yeah, it does taste like a wit like a wheat beer. Mm-hmm. Not real, not really a wit though. No, right? not a wit. No, it, it tastes. But it has that um, a dry, hefe, grassy um, quality. Yeah, not um, doesn't quite taste like an American wheat either, right? I mean, they use Belgian ear, Belgian ale yeasts, mm-hmm. right? So it, maybe I would say a blend between a drier hefeweizen and a wit beer, or something in yeah. there. It has a like I said a grassy quality. It's a little bit of a sandpaper on the tongue kind of thing mm-hmm. with the with the aggressive carbonation. I and that with the wheat flavors really brings that out. I think. Uh, the, and what, which leaves behind a slightly lemon grassy thing, which is more just a grassy overtone overall. Grass just happens to tend towards that lemon edge of the spectrum, mm-hmm. uh, and wheat is one of those grasses. The, the peat flavor is delicately used. It's appropriately used. I yeah. think it's a well done, well balanced. Absolutely, beer. yeah. This is, uh, you know, by by description, it's going by wee heavy. By taste, not at all. It's more of a it, it, it's almost is closer to a uh, a dark hefe, right? A um, like a double vice or something. Like a double vice, yeah. It's closer to that. It's not quite there. It doesn't have that you know banana, the you know, big estery yeah, yeah, I mean, stuff going yeah, on with it. It's not as creamy, but it has some things that that go along with a double vice. Yeah, I mean, we keep talking around what this beer is and that's kind of because it's kind of between styles mm-hmm. right there's there's not really a benchmark here to, to, to describe it to it's very highly carbonated i mentioned that both greg and i are burping off microphone um <clears throat> yeah I, I i hate to beat a dead horse because i'm gonna just kind of have to repeat the things i've said before right it's it's like a wit beer with a little german more german character to it, it doesn't have that orange peel um flavor at all it switched out that coriander maybe for a touch of nutmeg and a touch of peat smoke and uh you know use use unibrews you know like house yeast instead of a whipper yeast right you know i think that's kind of where we were ending up right but it's definitely a different flavor you know it's not something you taste every day and it's kind of between styles it's kind of interesting tasting something like this i think the estuary stuff the stuff that is coming out of it is almost kind of candy apple, so that that's where it reminds me of Dunkle Vicer's name, where okay. I'm getting those kind of things. I'm not getting so much candy apple. If I look at the esters, I'm getting more um, apple blossoms or cherry blossoms or something like that. It's reminding me of of petals and um, you know very floral, fragrant type things. I'm just trying to figure out among these beers what one you're thinking of. I, I, uh, Here is the Bravica. Oh, you might the, also need to go into the non, not to the current, but the retired beers or whatever they're called. Yeah. I don't see one that I think. I think you must be thinking of a different. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? No, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> you don't. But I know what I'm, I know what it is. Bell's makes a beer. And it may be called Raftman, or it's very close to Raftman. <laughs> That's what I thought of. Let's see. What's Bell's beer called? I wonder if anyone was yelling at the radio, That's Bell's, you dumbass. 
I love the conceit that we're still people yelling at the radio, as if there's, this <laughs> <laughs> there's more than a few people who actually hook it up to some sort of radio. Listen, let's see, Oarsman Bells is called Oarsman. Oarsman. Okay. So that's what I, when I bought Raftman from Innerbrew, I thought I was going to get a bottle with the contained Horseman. <laughs> if you could talk to the two brewers and see if they can work out some sort of arrangement. They should, uh, they should do a collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> if you knew what I was talking about before I did, send us a message and let us know. Especially since before I gave the Bell's Clue. That went down really nice and smooth, and I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. It's very fascinating. Like I said, it's really atypical from things we used to describing. Yeah. So that was kind of fun to drink and kind of fun to figure out. It's a good drinker, for sure. All right, two more to go. Yeah, alright. So, our next one is Le Grave. I know it's pronounced Le Grave because they have a pronunciation guide for you. It's not Le Grave? It's not La Grave. It's Le Grave. It's the A with the umlaut over it, which in pronunciation is Ah, as in father. 80% alcohol by volume. 31 IBUs. Pilsner malt. German Northern Brewery hops. Abiel yeast. Let's see if it gushes. And bad. It's coming. The oh. juju, they say, is cane sugar. This is a, uh, it's a triple. Comes in a 375 milliliter bottle. I got this from my neighbor That's Aaron. That's caged and corked, by yep. the way. Got it from my neighbor Aaron. Did we say this was from Trogues? Did we mention that part? I think we did, but if we didn't, it's from Trogues. It looked like it was going to gush, but it got right up to the lip and then... Got shy and came back. So. This is. Uh, could you fit a Joey in there, or could you fit a? I mean, you know, we this would be a reg- this would be a regular Zalus, but I think okay. we're gonna probably finish it. Right? Yeah. It's only. Listen to that. That has a lot of carbonation. Here, let me give you a look. So I hope this beer is not skunked. Aaron gave this to me during a campfire one night. Did not I smell had, skunked. And I had a lot to drink. And I left the beer sitting in the cup holder of the chair, you know, the folding chair. And it was sitting on my porch for a couple hours in the morning. Didn't get direct sunlight, right? But I left it outside overnight and, Mm. you know, out in the daylight in the morning. And I woke up and like an hour later, I'm like, shit, (laughs) that beer outside. (laughs) So hopefully it didn't get light struck. No, it doesn't smell light struck. Not at all. Great. I'm happy about that. This is a nice thick bottle, so it yeah, it's it's a well. Oh, you talking about like light blocking? Yeah, and, yeah. and the, it's like the sun was shining on it. It was just right. outside, but it's a thick brown bottle. It takes uh, it would take a lot of direct sunlight to get in here and mm-hmm. cause the photelic reaction. Yeah, so it's a well protected bottle for what it is. Yep, but they want to hold in that pressure, right? So that's why they use the Belgian bottles and caged it. All right, so it pours a cloudy yellow. Definitely bottle conditioned. Uh, is yours as cloudy and sediment flecked as mine? Yeah. Certainly is. All right. So hopefully it doesn't taste muddy, and we'll be wishing we poured it more gently. 
but it doesn't look like I aroused it. It looks like it's just kind of suspended there. A lot of vanilla on the nose. There's some vanilla. There's some definite booziness on the nose. Sure, but I'm thinking of uh, those like vanilla wafer cookies almost. That's what the malt smells like. Maybe not quite as sweet. There's some classic triple smell, right? There's uh, it's kind of vanilla-y. There's a little bit of what else do I want to throw in there. Uh, there's a bit of confection of some sort, you know, a little bit of sugary type confectionery type smell. There's there's a uh, then there's the like the lower part of the aroma, which actually is the real hook for me. Let me see if I can put some words on this. I almost, it's a bit mead-like, right? There's this sweet honey blossom well, I was type aroma. Say, I almost smell something you can't really smell. I almost smell umami. Okay. I almost smell some sort of. So what's really hooking me is that kind of mead type aroma. You smell the like the the blossom, flowery, sweet aroma. No, no? no. what I think I'm smelling is something akin to. Soy sauce, just a little bit, just sort of a hmm. some deep underneath kind of uh, concentration of something. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I'm smelling a very strong, and now I'm starting to wonder if I have some kind of weird palate drift going on. But you know, it's it's reminding me of like uh, the aroma of orange blossom honey, and I keep talking about blossoms now. Well, now but... that's turning into. Like if I was smelling this blind, if I was smelling this blindfolded, I would say it's a mead. I mean, it smells that meaty, that kind of honey sweetness to me. If anything, there's uh, not true berry, raspberry, something like that underneath. Uh, sort of like as if there was a compote or something okay. underneath that. So aggregate droops. <laughs> Greg loves his droopy aggregates. I took a fl- I took a sip off this and uh, really tastes like you know I get the Belgian I get the triple mm-hmm. dry flavor and I get this big bold honey flavor too. Uh, they don't seem to mention that there's any honey added, but there's cane sugar added. You're on a honey kick. I mean, you're talking about brewing a mead tomorrow with pears. No, we're doing a cider tomorrow. Cider. We're just going to make oh, cider okay. juice or pear juice. So, um. <clears throat> Wasn't planning on adding any honey to that. Might be, might work. This is good. Yeah. Oh, it might work. Yeah. I think we're just gonna keep it cheap and easy. It's gonna be a lot of labor getting the pears. Mm. I got, I'm trying to think desperately if I know anyone who has like wine making equipment who has like the the grinder and the press, so we wouldn't <laughs> have to, you know to do that manually with the tools we have, but. I can't think of anyone, at least not anyone that I've talked to in the last 10 Could years. Could you use like a juicer? <clears throat> Rex has a juicer, so we're going to, but we have like a lot of pears. We're probably going to get like five gallons of juice. Most juicers make, take a long time to make a pint of juice, so <laughs> we'll see. something else to watch while you're doing it. This is good. It is really good. I'm... Still not getting honey. I, really? That's like all I'm tasting. Well, let's see here. 
Yours is a little like, more on that, more towards that mm-hmm. dimension than mine is. So I still get a little bit in yours, but yeah, yeah. I think mine is a little more potent. You want to blend them around a little bit? Or? Nah, that's right. No, okay, they're close enough. But I, I can see where you're coming up with honey, mm-hmm. and where I'm, I was reserved off. I was saying, right, you know, right. maybe it's not. I, right. I, I couldn't quite tell. Mm-hmm. It's a little more fruity, a little more. Mm-hmm. Like I said, raspberry-ish. Right, right. Cane sugar doesn't ferment out too thinly. It doesn't taste mm-hmm. cidery. You know, there's a thinness to the body, right? But it's not too thin. So I, it's a well-used application of that. You know, as a home brewer, I'm always worried about using something like cane sugar to, to destroy, you know, we'll just, you know, wreak havoc on the body right. of the beer. It's Obviously, also, Trogues knows what they're doing a little bit better than I do. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It it feels a little almost sticky on the tongue, right? It has not in a resiny way, but it, um, sort of a coating way. It's a little heavier than your average triple, I think. A little more viscous. Yeah, I, I do like the the fuller mouthfeel triples, right? Like West Mall yeah. or something like that, right? So this is um, just trying to give get people an idea yeah, of what yeah. they're getting. No, into. yeah, I think that's part of the thing I like about it, right? Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I really dig that. Uh, this does have higher carbonation level than, like I'm thinking, like Golden Monkey. This is a little. This is thicker than a Golden. Oh Monkey, yeah, I think. yeah. It's been a while since I've had one of those. Drinking Lagrave from Trogues. Or Lagrave. <laughs> so this is their first uh their first one of their Cajun cork because they just have a new cork and cage filler. Okay. And Lagrave Lagrave will serve as the base beer for a variety of future Splinter series releases. So splinters are barrel aged. That's what they call their uh, barrel aged series. They're mm-hmm. splinters. And then they do uh, scratch. So scratches are kind of like one off experiments that you know they do in draft and bars around the area get. We get a few scratches here and there, but not nearly as many if you were out in Harrisburg and Hershey. Uh, and then yeah, splinters are. They've done some sours mm-hmm. as splinters. Um, I've not had any of them. They actually get their barrels from here in Pittsburgh. There's a there's a cooper here who makes barrels, hmm. and that's where they get their barrels from. I can't remember the guy's name or the company's name right now. It seems like the right business to be in if you know how to make barrels. Right. I mean, it, it's it's. The best business to be in during a girl rush is not the people who are mining for gold, but the people who are selling pickaxes, right? <laughs> so, right. If there's an expansion of breweries, be the person who's selling brewing equipment. That's pretty good. Pretty, mm. pretty good. All right, let's go down the rabbit hole. All right. The final beer of the night is for some reason 
way on my tabs list over so I could find the information, is from Breckenridge. They're the ones who are in Colorado. Coronado is not in Colorado, as much as they sound similar. This is their Barley Wine Batch 1. This was provided to us by the brewery. Let's see. Here's some facts. Alcohol by volume, 10.1%. Alcohol by weight, 7.89. 38 IBUs. They call the color garnet. And that's it for the facts that are not telling me how what I should taste and stuff like that. Oh, let's see. It's cold conditioner for three months and barrel aged in fresh American oak barrels for six months. Really? Fresh oak barrels? Hmm. Cold, this is actually lagered for three months. Very interesting. I'm surprised that it's in fresh barrels. Like You normally don't expect a barley wine to be, I don't know, that oaky. But, Does you know, fresh necessarily mean just fresh? Or, I think or, fresh means fresh means not previously not used. charred at all. Well, not previously used. But it's still charred. They could be. Um, probably are. I think. I think you'd have to, right, or else it would it it soak so much. Sappy. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. They're probably well. Yeah, I think that most of them. It could be a light char, medium char, heavy char type thing. I think they're all charred, but still, a fresh barrel puts out so much oak. Could be blended out, right? They might have barreled a part of it, right, and blended it out. Uh, I've ta- I've heard from some brewers that, <clears throat> yeah, a brand new barrel just puts too much wood in in a beer. But I don't know. Let's. I haven't even smelled this one yet. It's oaky. <laughs> it's really oaky. It's definitely oaky. And yeah, it, it's kind of resiny, kind of. It's got that powerful burst, uh, and the alcohol only helps it, right? So yeah. the volatilization of the alcohol is just spewing out all these, all these volatiles, mm-hmm. and among that is this big resiny burst that has that wood character. Okay, so what are we smelling? We're smelling. We're smelling it's... a vanilla that that. Pierces into mint. It's okay. That's a good way to put it. It's there's definite bourbon tones in this, you know, which is interesting, right? Because it's not a bourbon barrel; it's a fresh oak barrel with a very multi beer put in it, right? But it's pulling some of the same type of characteristics. Let me see if I can dig that a little bit. I mean, when I say bourbon, the the alcohol volatilization, the booziness is in the aroma. You're getting that tied with some cinnamon, some caramel, some some breadiness. It smells, I mean, it smells pretty good. Some plums. Mm-hmm. The first couple sniffs smelled kind of resiny or sappy, right? But I'm not really smelling that anymore. There's still a bit of that winter green or something. Winter green? Yeah, 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 maybe. Well, Jeff is... Jeff is uh, very happy because he has some wax to play with. I see. I just you thinking, already have... I already have a little pile of wax. <laughs> I have this OCD thing where I pick apart wax whenever we have a waxed beer. 
I wish I knew why. Don't ask. It's a it's a dumb question to ask. Why? Just accept it. Just just have, I don't like have any OCD tendencies, but this wax thing is <laughs> is one of them. If any, if not the only one. So I took a sip. Very interesting. The the fresh oak, that kind of sappy, resiny, and it might be from the hops too. It might be a really resiny hop that lingers. It feels a little bit like licking a fresh cut tree or something. And it kind of like long after the, I'm going to get back to what the beer was when it was in my mouth, but you have this huge lingering aftertaste of like sap, like the syrupy. <laughs> yeah. Th- there is this, this tone of wood throughout mm-hmm. the beer. This it, but it hangs around like crazy. There, it's it's like it's like the beer is a rail or or the rather the 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 oaky wood is a rail that just goes right from the middle down your tongue and down your esophagus and that's mm-hmm. where the wood is all. Then the other flavors, the sort of fruitiness mm-hmm. and it's sort of, sort of around this rail but that rail is still there and that rail is the strongest thing and then the rest of the flavors are just sort of floating around that rail right it's interesting it's very interesting never had a beer that's tasted so much like wood (laughs) like dripping sappy wood really different for a barley wine right i mean this is not what you expect you're yeah. expecting something more it's on the sweeter side that brings some of those deeper, more comforting. Now, all the all, you know, I was talking about this this resiny, sappy wood stuff. It does have an analog flavor in hop bitterness, right? I mean, it's kind of analogous to that, and it's not the same kind of. Re- I mean, it's not the same kind, but it's it's it the same kind, kind of, of sticky. It has the same kind of feeling. Right, I'm just saying it kind of plays that balancing component in this beer that hops do in most beers, right? I okay, mean, that's kind of okay. what the barrels are playing in this. That fresh oak. It's a it's a bold choice. It's an aggressive flavor, that's for sure. I had a burger today, and it's all I can. <laughs> So I can smell Burping it. Burping up a burger. Huh? Yeah, it was a really good burger. I went to Burgatory for the first time. Oh, okay. I've only been there once, but yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> I went all out. I, went, I got a Wagyu, a dry-aged Wagyu beef, rare, because this Wagyu uh-huh. beef, I'm not going to have it right. cooked very much. Right. It was sort of like a pepper, have right Gouda on it. And, oh, oh, my God, it was so good. That's cool. Yeah, I was just there once. It's a, it's a heck of a burger joint. It's a gourmet burger joint here in Pittsburgh. They have uh, one in Fox. Is it just still the, just the one? Or there's one, one? In, in the waterfront, and there's one in a Robinson town. Well, I went to the one in Robinson. Okay. They have one in Fox Chapel, too. Okay. Or, yeah, near Fox Chapel. Okay. I didn't know there was three. I have to get some more burgatory. burgatory. They're also known for their uh, spiked milkshakes, right? Yes. They, I didn't get a milkshake. I just got the, the burger and some fries. They have like a poutine fry dish mm-hmm. too. It's like I went all out. I was like, ah, it was so good. I, I, so much better than BRGR. So much better. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like tons better. Um, BRGR is another local burger gourmet burger place in mm-hmm. town, and they yeah, they try to hold 
Purgatory's jaw could they can't really do it. Um Poutine. I don't oh maybe we should say this for the post show. <laughs> I hear so like before I actually had it, I heard so many people talking about how disgusting this Canadian food is. It's so good. It's gravy, cheese curds, and french fries. What's how wrong that, with how that? Can that? Not be good, yeah, exactly. And when I actually had, like, I saw poutine on the menu, I'm like, well, people hate it. I got to try it. And I had I'm like, what's wrong with this? Why would anyone hate this? It's just like the people who were like, oh, mayonnaise and french fries, blah. And you try it, I'm like, yeah, of course, this, this works so well. Screw you, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> All right, so these, uh, the Brooklyn uh, small batch number one. It's not Brooklyn. I said Brooklyn. Yes. Breckenridge. <laughs> My goodness. It is 10%. Did I say that? I'll, I'll say uh, this about uh, Breckenridge. Breckenridge uh, makes my parents' favorite beer. They love the vanilla porter. Okay. They go nuts for that. I like, all right, you know, whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I say, you know, have you tried their agave wheat? It's really good. <laughs> yeah, agave wheat. Uh, yeah, that one's really good, too. I think it's about ranking time. I don't want to rush through any more of this, uh, this Breckenridge. I kind of want to uh, see if it develops over time. And it's a big beer, so you really can't drink it too quickly. All right, then do you have a ranking system set up? Or all right, should I a system. A sy- well, you have a system. Do you have your rank set up? Yeah, it, that once system. I have all the beers in my field of view, I'll be able to get a ranking right. pretty quickly this evening. Let me get my little <laughs> note cards here. Everyone should see this process. Because Maybe it's, it's not. I, I thought this was going to be easy. Yeah, you know what? It's it's pretty easy. Um, that will go there. Isn't this great radio, everybody? So Jeff is putting one card in front of one of the beers, and he yes. still has four cards in his hand. Yeah. And, I lost the, and I lost the number one card, so that one just has to be a given. <laughs> I make another number one card. These are such delicately made cards, i.e. he ripped them up <laughs> off of paper and <laughs> drew right, numbers number on them. <laughs> Greg is such a jackass. Uh-oh, I lost another card. In <laughs> well, now you're going to have to make them now. This whole process is ruined. <laughs> it is. Those damn kids. <laughs> Can you tell that these beers are a little bit strong at the end here? <laughs> kind of. Uh, uh, Whenever you call me a jackass, I know. As if that hasn't <laughs> been established without you having to say it. Right. All right. I got my rankings. Right. My top beer tonight's got to be Le Grave. Mm-hmm. Very good. Triple, lots of neat flavors. I really dug the honey... Uh, things that Greg couldn't taste so much, and a little bit of bottle stratification, but not too bad there. So yeah, that's the reason we had a little bit differing glasses. So no, both beers were good. Both of the bottle stratification were, beers. Yeah, 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 both were really good. There was no problems with the stratification. Number two, I am going to put the Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. It was just a really fun, clean drink. I really enjoyed the malt depth and roundness in that beer. And it just worked for me. Three, let's do the Raftman. It was fascinating because it was kind of between styles. You know, it found a little niche between a Whitbeer and a German Hefeweizen and something a little bit peaty, you know, and, you know, in that Unibrew house yeast actually worked in that one really well. I like that. Number four. Number four and five are tough. Uh, I might, I, I put the cards down, but I might have to, I'm trying to figure out. So, 
let me talk through it here. This will be better radio than me just stammering and not talking about it. Um, got the Breckenridge. I can listen to you stammer all day. I'm glad you could listen to me stammer all day. Um, got the Breckenridge batch number one barley wine, which had that fresh American oak, right? It was a neat experience. A lot of people don't use fresh oak because it's such an aggressive flavor. And this one carried that aggressive flavor. And then we have the Coronado uh, Mermaid's Red, right? And that one had a little bit of progression in flavor where it started out more malty and the bitterness kind of took charge, right? Um, I think I'm going to put the Mermaid Red in fourth place and the Breckenridge in fifth place. And the reason I'm going to say that is because the Mermaid's Red was an interesting drinker. I liked the the amber red uh, caramel juicy flavors up front when it got a little bit more bitter towards the end it seemed to lose some of its uh, complexity and got a little more one noted but it was still a pretty good drinker the use of fresh oak in the Breckenridge was a bold choice a risky choice from what I know about the flavors of fresh oak I think the beer carried those flavors pretty well it's not a flavor that's going to be for everyone. And I'm still trying to figure it out. It's mostly interesting because it's a flavor you generally don't taste, I mm-hmm. feel. And you're you're getting some neat flavors. The the One of the most interesting parts about that beer is how they're using that resiny oak sappiness to kind of act like hops. To kind of act like bitterness and balance. Um, I think that part works. And I'm not sure if anyone's really. I think it tried. works as an abstraction. I don't know whether it totally works as a. I think it works on the whole balance of you the so? beer. Okay. I think I think it gives me that bitterness to balance the beer out. It doesn't taste like a sweet cloying mess, right? Um. But it doesn't have the same quality. Doesn't seem no. It's not the same. Yeah, I, and and quality don't mean in terms of. Did you see where I ranked it, right? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, but what I'm saying is not quality in terms of quality, like as you would say, this is a more quality beer than another one, but it, but quality as not the same kind of, not the same version of something, like the quality of Mercy or something mm-hmm. like that, right? right. So it, 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 it has the same, I think, effect, like you say, but it doesn't have the same sort of qualities that. Right. I don't think it's going to be the new rage right, where we're yeah. going to under hop our beers and use fresh oak sap, sappy resin flavor to replace it. <laughs> yeah, that would um, be. That would be, yeah. So, that's where I'm at. All right. My rankings, uh, I usually go from the bottom up. So I'll do it that way again. Uh, the, I think my... F- Number five beer is pretty obvious because it's the beer that I thought tasted like I had just brushed my teeth and drank orange juice. Now, that went away after a little bit, but I still felt that diff- I also felt that combat between the sort of English muffin and the hop stuff that I didn't, whatever it was, it was not appealing to me. So the Coronado gets fifth place. Uh, fourth place for me then is the Breckenridge. Like you, I think it's very interesting beer. Uh, I think it's it has some interesting stuff going for it, but I, it, it's weird to put this out as your first barley wine and not make something that I would recognize as a barley wine. Mm-hmm. Right. 
it's it's very interesting and uh, and something of a something of a gamble on on their part. Hey, I mean, if, if they want to do it, they want to do it. But it didn't it didn't hit me in the now. Right we don't know for sure that this is their first barley wine. This is no. This a, is what they say on oh, their okay. website. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, I see it more as a small batch experimental series, right? But if that's what they say, that's what they say. Barley wine batch number one, our first barley wine. Okay. Yeah, it's very non-traditional. Yeah. It is completely non-traditional for a barley wine. Yeah, I mean, and I love experimentation. I love going for it. It's just not, it, uh, you know, people should be warned that when they pick this up, this is not, this is not a barley wine that you may get. This is something sort of like you should, you know, you should always be a little wary when you pick up one of those dogfish head experimental ones. You never know what the heck they're going to be doing with it, although they usually do a great job with them. They usually do, yeah. So my number three is going to be the Oktoberfest from Sam Adams. I think it was a really great drinker, really... Uh, I, I like the multi-Oktoberfests. This is a multi-Oktoberfests. Um, really just a plain old solid beer, one that you can have in your fridge and you wouldn't have any problems with it. But I think the other two were better. So the Uni, the Unibrew, the or is it Unibrew? I forget. Unibrew. Unibrew. The Rathman really liked. I love, love Dunkelweisses. And this is sort of a Dunkelweiss. It, it was along that line. Mm-hmm. And it had some of those estuary qualities. It wasn't quite there. It wasn't like the big banana or big clove or anything like that. But it had the, some of those qualities. Uh, was not what I was expecting, but it definitely wasn't what Jeff was expecting because it wasn't a Berliner Weiss. <laughs> but well, I actually I I knew before today yeah. that I hadn't bought Oarsman from Bell's, right? Um, that I confused the two. But anyway, but it was very very good. I really enjoyed that a lot. But my number one is the trucks. I think that was fantastic. I think that was just really, I mean, even though there was a little bit of bottle stratification, I can't hold that against them because we've had bottle stratification all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was and both beers in this stratification were good. They were just different. Yeah, yeah. yeah mine so, was a lot more honey. Uh, Aaron gave me this bottle. He's like, "This is one of the best beers." You know, I love this beer. So, you know, I tried not to mention that, or I didn't want to color my opinion. But yeah, it's it's a really good beer, and I'm super happy I didn't skunk the thing, yeah. leaving it, you know, drunkenly leaving it outside overnight. <laughs> Good stuff. So that is my thing. My thing. My ranking. So we listened to a little bit of Bluegrass uh, Paradise City on the way in. They go out with a little bit four-string quartet. I sort of felt like Paradise City is a little overplayed, but, you know, having another cover of the The only problem with this is there's no dum-ch. Dum-ch. Oh, it's all in your mind. It's all in your mind. Well, unless you do that. <laughs> Crafty Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftyradio.com for more information to find out what that means. You can contact us on Twitter as our preferred way. I am at Jeff Bearer. I am at CBR Greg. And we have. Can you mention our names? I'm Greg Weiss. Jeff Bearer. There you go. Yes. Uh, at craftbeerradio.com or at craftbeerradio is the kind of team Twitter account. Uh, email beer at craftbeerradio.com. And of course, uh, the uh, the music is not under the Creative Commons license. The intro is by Iron Horse, which does a lot of great metal and rock and roll bluegrass covers. 
you can check out their stuff. And who's who's doing this? This is the Angry String Orchestra, their string quartet tribute to Gums and Roses. Nice. I'm a little off time, I think. That's the beer. I wonder if they have Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> I know <laughs> I- Iron Horse does. I don't know about the Sweet String Quartet, but they probably do. All right. Check us out in the post show because we have a doozy, <laughs> a doozy of an Amazon Anonymous. We're both going to pick the same thing. It's wonderful. 